You are now tuned in to the December 26th podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. What's up, 26ers? Welcome to another episode of the December 26th podcast. I am your host, Delisha, and we are back with another episode of Extraordinary Occurrences, Coronavirus Edition. <laughs> Coronavirus. <laughs> Coronavirus. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your executive producer, Demarcus Adisa, starting already. I mean, I've been in the house all day. So. <laughs> all day? Several days? Yeah, several days in the house. So, you know, but I, I you know, got to have a little fun in this time of... Uh, crisis. You got to find a levity. I mean, Twitter, Instagram, all of that has been great. People are out here having all the jokes because what else do we have to do really? I mean, keep watching the news and panicking. Exactly. So, um, but you know, the December 26th party don't stop. So we have to continue, even though this was not our original plan uh, to have an episode about specifically about coronavirus, we were actually supposed to be recording somewhere else um, this weekend, which we'll get into. But it's important to communicate with people, uh, with our 26er family and let them know how we're coping, thoughts on the situation, our, our plans over the next month, because it looks like we might be home for a while. Um, and yeah, to encourage, of course, and to inspire also during what is inevitably a very stressful time, especially for the population um, of the 26er community, considering the kinds of people that we have on the show that we know listen to um, listen to the show as well. This could impact us greatly, uh, absolutely, as creatives and all that other stuff. So we'll get into all of that. But um, to kick it off, how you holding up? I'm all right. Um, this uh, has definitely been a kick to the seat of my pants, to say the least. Mm -hmm. uh, totally uh, unexpected. But, you know, we serve an awesome God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So we go, we're going to navigate this storm and, and figure it out like we do everything else. But I mean, I'm fine. I mean, as, as, aside from, you know, business taking a hit, it's actually a beautiful time, you know, where there's calamity. Sometimes there's like clarity, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. So it's a calamity in certain aspects. But, you know, we're in a position um uh, you know, usually we're always ripping and running, doing all sorts of things. Just every day is something new. Um, and this has just been like a pause, even though it's like, you know, a pandemic, but an opportunity to just kind of sit and reflect and like reflect on what has transpired in these past, you know, about to, about to be four months. We're about to enter a whole new quarter um, and kind of recalibrate and rethink what's going on. So I'm all right. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I think I've gone through phases and stages um, and because of the nature of the work that I do um, and the, the industry in which I do it for, there were conversations happening very early. So I, I knew what was coming um, and was preparing for that. So I knew I was probably going to be at home, um, working from home. This doesn't stop what I do. Uh, I can, you know, do that from anywhere. But I think for me, like what I thought about is um, long term, what's this going to do to our economy, of course, but also just my 26 or family. Like so many people that we know um, and that we connect with live off the gig economy. They're creatives who work in events, music, fashion, you know, all those things. And all of that is basically coming to a grinding halt right now. Um, and I know a lot of folks who, we're, I mean, we're in New York. Like I know plenty of creatives who wait tables um, and stuff like that because they're actors and, and all of that. So um, to see how that is impacting them has been weighing heavy on my spirit, of course. Um, but outside of that, like I've just been 
to the point you were making earlier, really focused on how to utilize this time effectively because we are resilient people and we'll come out uh, on the other side. And, And I believe that a lot of times the greatest creativity and ingenuity comes out of times of crisis and difficulty. Um, so there's some genius that's going to be born out of this for some people. And I know that. Um, so I've been focused on the fact that, yes, I've been on go for well over a year. And this is the first time that I've really been forced to sit still. So even though I'm I'm still working every day doing what I do. Um, but outside of that, obviously, it's a different productivity, right? There, things are not popping like they are in normal times. So that gives me um, the bandwidth and the space to really think about what I want uh, in the near future and in the long term as well and start to work on things. Perfect time to write. Perfect. Perfect. So, hey, listen, while this pandemic is going on, the upside is I might actually get this book done. I wish I had like a soundboard so I could do the like Street Fighter. Do you remember (laughs) Street Fighter? Perfect. (laughs) So, yeah. So the first, you know, I've been now working from home. It'll be two weeks um, and then a day or two. So um, first couple of weeks was really focused on like trying to find my rhythm, get some things set up, making sure that deals are progressing as they need to. But now that I feel like that's flowing pretty well, well. Um, and now that I'm also unplugging from the news uh, at periods of time, because it'll drive you crazy if you watch it con- consistently. And God forbid you listen to 45. So that'll really drive you crazy. Um, so now that I've sort of found my rhythm and I, I feel like it's necessary to unplug from the news moving into this next week, I'm really going to be focusing on carving out time to write and create. Right. Oh, yeah. I looked at the news for all of like three or four seconds. Don't do it. And, um, you know, president was having a press conference and it really literally looked like SNL spoof because he was like... It's like, it's like the Onion is having right, a press like conference. He, the way he was going off on a reporter, it was just like, like a you ever worked at a dysfunctional office? Yeah. Like a, a supervisor just going off. Like, is he serious right now? Is like the equivalent of that. But I feel the same way. Like there's a lot of video we have stored up that, you know, it's a time that we can actually focus on and be creative. Mm-hmm. Let those creative juices flow, get things out of there and just... You know, whatever I need to know, somebody's going to text me the update on my phone. Right. Anything. I mean, I did sign up for text updates in both New Jersey and New York. So I, I get the major stuff now. But other than that, I just I can't do um, all the news every day globally. Like, it's just a bit too much. And it, it it can cause a level of anxiety that I'm just not interested in. So I'm going to pause on that, um, but try to uh, maximize time. What crazy part about this, about this is in the middle of all this, I'm in professional transition. Um, so that's, that's, I'm in professional transition. I'm in personal transition, which we won't get into here. But a lot of changes are afoot in the middle of a pandemic. Big things are going on. Big things. So, um, so, so my life has not come to a grinding halt, but it's gotten interesting to try to have, try to navigate that, um, in the middle of everything that's going on. So, but I mean, things are moving. They're, they're progressing. It's just got to get creative to move the ball forward, you know, to, to progress things. So, um, but other than that, yeah, once I decided to unplug from the news, um, or at least try to, I've felt my anxiety level go down. And the other thing that I'm finding is like, I've been connecting with people in a way that I never would be able to do during normal times because I just don't have the capacity for it. But catching up with people by phone, even though everybody knows I'm not a big phone person. Um, But, you know, trying to make that connection. And my girlfriend and I watched the four part uh, Madam C.J. Walker series on Netflix, Self Made. I watched uh, some of that. Mm-hmm. Not to slow your train of thought up. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good, but like the historian in me was like, some of these inaccuracies are bothering. Right. Well, you know, I knew I knew that you would feel that that way, but that's why they put on the front of it, inspired by 
the Madam C.J. Walker story. Right. Mm-hmm. The problem is your cousins take that <laughs> as like fact. True. People watch movies and miniseries and they take it as historical fact. And it's like, no, people have made taken liberties to make this interesting. Right. And people don't are not going to go online and go on Amazon and order a book about Madam C.J. Walker. Mm-hmm. Just going to watch that series and be like, take oh, it as Take it as the Gospels. Like, no, I saw it on Netflix. That's how it went down. Like, uh, the woman, uh, the main antagonist, she was like a multimillionaire, too. Yeah. Like, I was like reading a a whole, I went down a whole rabbit hole the other night just reading about the story. Of course you did, because I was fact-checking as well. (laughs) And, little known Black history fact, Madam C.J. Walker's daughter, Lily, actually died in Long Branch, New Jersey. I saw that, too. I was like, I'm sure you did. Yeah, I was like, what was she doing in Long Branch? And then I saw, like, she was out there, like, having it, and it was during Prohibition. She was out there drinking. For her birthday. Uh, for a birthday eating mm-hmm. lobsters. And I was like, I forgot the shore used to be popping. Right. And for those who don't know, we're from the shore. We're from Monmouth right. County. So that's like, what, 20 minutes from where we grew up? 15, 20 minutes? 15, 20 minutes from um, where we grew up. There's actually, I don't know if it's still, well, I think it's still there now, but for years, there was an abandoned building called a casino out there, mm-hmm. which was an actual casino in like the 1920s. But when we was growing up, it was just... Seagulls inside of that joint. <laughs> <laughs> Urban blade. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, but I knew that the historian in, in you was going to be cringing during that ent- the entire thing. Yeah, so some of the things that were said and done, like, this doesn't make any sense. But okay, keep the story going. Right, it's all for dramatic effect. But I just really like Octavia Spencer, so um, I was into her performance for sure. Oh, she did a thing. I was just like... The thing that was, I was, I was mad at the brothers in that. Like, don't nobody believe? Nobody sees the vision. Like, <laughs> she's proven herself like five times, and y'all still don't believe. Like, what is what is going on? Here? Yeah, no, they weren't down. It was different times, man. I know it was different times, but like, there's no products. These women are spending money hand over fist right. to get their hair straight. And you're like, nah, I don't think this could work. <laughs> <laughs> like. Like, this is simple. She's literally saying two plus two is four. And everybody's like, hmm, I think it's seven. (laughs) (laughs) But what I found interesting is when um, the women, and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, you might want to stop, press pause right now. When the women showed up, like the wives of all these men who were in that, Negro Business Association um, showed up to actually invest. If you saw the check amounts, it was like $500 in 19, you know, the early 1900s. So I'm like, how did, how did they pull that much money to invest? They had to have discussed it with their husbands. No. Right. Because the way they, the way they framed it, these women didn't do anything. Right. Wives. So, you know, $500 um, is a substantial amount of money. I think I, I looked it up. That was the nerd in me. I think it was the equivalent of like 14 grand. Right. Like so I'm like, was that creative license or did, did that really happen? But, you know, her great, great granddaughter wrote uh, a biography. So I'm going right. to read that because now I need to know what really happened. Right. Maybe in the actual biography, they went back and talked to the husbands, mm-hmm. persuaded them. Like, hey, this is a very solid plan. You know, women need these products. They'll spend money. It's good consumer products. Who knows? Right. So I just want to tell you that every we always tell guests not to be like playing with the table and and banging on things and playing with their phone. And you do it every extraordinary occurrences episode. I'm only behind <laughs> the mic like once every 30 days, you know? So can you stop fidgeting with things, please? Thank you. It's gonna pick up on the the audio. <laughs> it's the same instructions you give to everybody. You know, it's different when you're sitting over here. Okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, if you haven't checked out Self Me, check that out. Support um, Black creators on Black producers uh, who are out there pushing content. But you know what I'm waiting for? What are you waiting for? Clark Sisters biopic on Lifetime. Oh, that's going to be live. I want the soundtrack. I mean, I'm going to need it. I mean, with the producers behind it, 
uh, and the trailer that I've seen, I don't think it's going to be bootleg. I wish they would just go ahead and drop it since we're all at home, but we got a few more weeks. Can't wait. Cannot wait to see that. It's going to be pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that that's what I've been doing, like connecting with people, doing the thing that I get paid to do, uh, some brainstorming and watching things on Netflix and Hulu, which I don't get to do very often. So that's been cool. Um, cool as well. So um, that's where we are with the the coping and looking ahead over the next few weeks. But one of the things that came out of all of this that you actually brought up was about the HOSA fund and imagine if we would have done another gala this year, which would have happened in April. Listen, I might be on a ventilator right now if we had, we actually planned that that gala to be annually and not biannually mm-hmm. with everything going on. Because who knows, by this time, everything will be locked in with the deposits. Yeah, you're not getting that money back. And you're not getting that money back. So imagine shelling out 15, 20 grand that you will not see. Which is what it would have been by this date. So whew, this is just a lesson in following your gut. And it was probably half gut, half exhaustion. Right. Um, but just, we, I think we knew that it wasn't wise to try to do that again. Um, it would have been a lot. And and what was so crazy is everyone was saying, no, do it. Right. Do it. And we like, were like, nope. We would have been out of a lot of cash and cash that would have been hard won, right? We had to raise it. Um, we would have been in a bad way. So I'm really relieved that we decided to put a pin in the um, the gala. But now the next question is, will we have a back to school bash this summer? Um, because it's not just about everybody being stuck at home right now and how long that's going to take to resolve. But we were in talks with the assembly members, uh, the local mayor. We depend, as you all know, if you listen to the show, heavily on small donations that came from not only individuals, but in-kind sponsorship from local businesses and stuff. Those businesses are not making money right now. Right. A lot of people are trying to figure out their own uh, finances and their their future. So um, we we don't know what's going to happen. It depends on how this all plays out. And obviously, this is not the focal point right now for local government. So uh, meaning the back to school bash and helping kids in August. Um, so all of that is on hold. So we have a big question mark around um, what's going to happen there. But on the flip side of that, people are going to need it the most. Right. You know, so I'm I'm thinking about that. That's at the top of my mind. Um, but we just got to take it day by day at this point, week by week and see how things go. And then that'll determine what's going to happen. The irony is we tried to get a jump start so that we wouldn't be like in a sprint in the last couple of months. And here we are. I'm feeling like Florida Evans. It's <laughs> like every five seconds. This is something. It's something. Y'all, y'all remember good times when she dropped that punch bowl? <laughs> <laughs> Those who don't get it, like, what is he talking like, about? What is just just Google it. Go to YouTube, Florida Evans. I thought Good Times was the most depressing show. Oh, gosh. I was like, why do people watch this? Even when I was a kid, I was just like, this is too much. This is too heavy. It's like four of them living in a two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> like, this is... And the one son is getting jumped every day. Like, yeah. It's, not, it's not good. Right. Um, so I don't know. We don't we don't know what's going to happen, but um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm staying positive because, of course, the the reason we created the host of fund was to help people and provide economic support um, and youth enrichment and all those great things, which we feel um, is going to be needed in the coming months, because this is not going to be over when they lift the lockdowns and they say we're all clear and it's contained and the curve is flat. And there's going to be um, some residual fallout from this for sure. 
Um, and ironically, we've been talking for a long time about like preparing financially and just encouraging people on the show to like stack money um, for whatever's going to happen with this economy. So that time is here. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're going to see. I don't want to say that we're going to have to pull the plug on the whole thing because the resources just aren't there. Um, and if you listen to the show and you have ideas, hit us up. We'd love to hear them. But barring, you know, the the pestilence, bubonic plague level, biblical proportions mm-hmm. of, of uh, you know, outbreaks, I think we could still pull something together. It may not be on the scale of what it was the last time as far as like being able to have food and mm-hmm. DJ and things for the kids, like, you know, things for them to play like small carnival. But at the least, we might be able to pull some bags together and be able to donate. It might be a give and go situation. Right. And can... And- depending upon where we are as a country at that point, it might have to be a give and go right. because this is only the first wave. And if 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 you've spoken to anyone who works in medicine, um, yeah, like this is not necessarily going to be over the first time that they contain this. So it may have to be a come get your back school supplies and, and keep it moving. Obviously, that's not ideal, but um, we, we might have to come to them, roll around like we deliver newspapers. <laughs> God love we deliver that nonprofit. Yeah, joint, toss the Meals on wheels. It might have to be like that. We don't know, but we're going to try to figure something out um, for sure as things start to settle. Knock on wood. Um, but yeah, interestingly, so um, with the show, people have been asking me what's going to happen uh, with December 26th there, considering that we're all stuck at home. And as everybody knows, we record in person. So the first thing is, we were supposed to be in Atlanta this weekend. We were supposed to be in Atlanta. We had some phenomenal guests lined up. And then, you know, the Rona reared his ugly head. So we had to make some, take some precautions and just shut that entire trip down. Right. So we canceled the whole trip, canceled all of our guests. So the trip was two, two, twofold, served two purposes. We were going to have a full day shoot. But you were going to visit friends. I was going to visit friends um, as well, just to chill out and take some downtime. That was planned before the whole country shut down. Um, and we had to pull the plug on the entire thing. And we made the decision before we got to like, complete lockdown. Right. But I'm glad we did because, hey, I just didn't want to take the chance. But then also the FAA suspended flights to New York City, Newark, and Philadelphia Yeah. due to staffing shortages. So I don't know if that has lifted yet, but we would have been stuck. We would have been stuck. So it was just, a, it was a it was a good precaution. Mm-hmm. Precautionary measure. And we'll get to Atlanta eventually. Eventually. I haven't been down there in like two years. Yeah, when things settle. Um. So in the interim, what are we going to do with the show? So the first thing is, as if you guys follow us online, you know that we record multiple episodes in a day. So we still have a couple in the can um, that we're going to release over the next few weeks. Um, but if it comes down to it, might have to switch up the formula. Might have to switch up the formula. I might. We might be up here like breakfast clubs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's hey, either going to be listening to us talk or we might have to do what the whole world is doing right now. And that's conducting interviews via Zoom or, you know, video conference. Listen, if it's good enough for Oprah, it's good enough for us because she definitely was on video conference with Idris Elba for Apple TV. So um, it might have to be that. We might have to break our own rules of not... Um, talking to people over the phone or over the computer and give up our in-person um, preference just to, for the sake of the continuity of the show, which is the right decision. We don't want to stop putting out content. So, yeah. Oh, no. Can't can't stop. Won't stop. Bad boy, baby. Yeah, a few weeks before we get there, but it looks like we're grounded for a while. So it's probably going to be necessary. Probably going to be most necessary. I just can't stand those internet interviews. I know, I know. it's like necessary, but it just takes something away from the interview that you, when you can't actually interact with a person 
in person and have that preliminary conversation and you catch the body language and connect with them when it's over the phone or on the computer, it's just not the same. Right. It's not going to happen. Um, Not the same level of connection, but we got to do what we got to do. So we'll figure out what that plan is. We're sort of taking it um, day by day, just like the rest of the world. Uh, and we'll we'll figure out what's next. But what I find interesting is that a lot of the hysteria that was happening, like in other parts of even the state, didn't really hit my neighborhood until like a day ago. Like people were over here like... <laughs> Like nothing was going on. I swear to you, I saw up the street at the park. I am not exaggerating. It was like 25 on 25 playing volleyball. Yeah. And they were playing bad, like street ball the whole night. I'm like, what is happening right now? I mean, this community is a community of immigrants. So they don't view things in the same way. You know what I mean? I think I just think when you when you're from another place, communities like Central Americans, some Caribbean folk, South Americans here and there, like when you venture here, you drop everything, you know, to start a life in a new country, your outlook on things is mm-hmm. different. Like they were not, they're not phased. I heard people barbecuing today. <laughs> like they were in the backyard, like the music was going on. It's <laughs> like, yo. And I mean, it, it is really serious. Like I was starting to get aggravated, right. like. You all need to just sit down, like, take this seriously, go in the house. But yeah, like, we still have toilet paper the whole nine. I bought extra for family members who haven't claimed it. So if you need toilet paper, you Yeah, I might have to take a few. Because I was prepared. Like, so I was cool, right? I, I, when things started to heat up, I was like, all right. And I just kind of buy in bulk anyway, like somebody's grandma. But then family members were saying they couldn't find toilet paper. So I was like, all right, let me venture out into my hood because they don't seem to be taking this seriously. And sure enough, every store has toilet paper. So I just picked up a few rolls for the fam. Um, just in case. I you thinking, Tom. <laughs> but yeah, I, it was quieter today, though. I didn't hear a lot of like foot traffic and noise. So um, I guess people after Governor Murphy came out and was like, stay home um, and said, if we see you, quote, monkeying around, we will take action. I guess they realized like this is real and we need to sit down. And also, you know, a lot of businesses are, are closed. Right. You know, that are, are not essential businesses. So people are not it's not much for people to do. Um, there's no real nightlife. You know, there's a million bars up the block from your house um, and none of them are open and the restaurants are only takeout. So mm-hmm. I think people are slowly but surely getting the message like, yeah, I probably should stay in the house. Right, exactly. And I mean, the, the quicker we all just stay home, the quicker this will hopefully be over. Right. Um, because I think what's troubling is how many people are asymptomatic and carrying this and they don't know it. That's the scary thing. Right, the scary thing. or how many people are, are suffering and in hospital, hospitals but haven't been tested yet because of kit shortage, shortages or just because they don't have, quote, all the symptoms, which I've heard from medical staff on the inside that that is happening. If you don't have all the symptoms, they're not testing you. So the numbers that you see good people on the in- interwebs are not really accurate, quite frankly. And you're probably smart enough to know that. But um, so, yeah, that's why I'm just I'm taking precautions like I'm in the house and I've been in the house other than to go uh, braid the germs for toilet paper for relatives. <laughs> she in the house just cycling through pajamas. Pretty much different set of loungewear every day. All good. I look like finals week and I have looked like finals week every day. <laughs> the last week solid. Just hoodies, lounge pants, the whole nine. Reminds me of college, man. Final exams. Right. Um. So anything else you want to discuss about what's going on in the world? No. I, I mean, I, so a lot of people are having a hard time with social distancing yeah. and social isolation. But I mean, believe it or not, I'm very introverted. So Same. It, it's nothing to me. And if it, you know, again, if you're feeling lonely, 
Call a friend. Go through your contacts. Most people got a thousand people in their phone. Reach out to a friend, an old friend you haven't spoken to in a while and catch up. They home. Right. And I mean, there there are some tools that are being created like Netflix Watch Party or Netflix right. Party, whatever it's called, um, where you can watch things with people and, and chat back and forth. And my friends and I have just pressed play at the same time and texted back and forth about stuff as well, um, just to have commentary. And I had a FaceTime date the other day. Ooh. You know, just happy hour, have a drink, have a conversation. That was cool. Um, so there are creative ways. There are creative ways to make it happen. Word. I was just watching lectures. I was to <laughs> say I did some cool stuff with my friends like that, but none of that. I don't know what my friends are doing, but I just watched a whole bunch of lectures. Drinking, right? probably. Yep. <laughs> and challenging me to do push-ups on Instagram. I did see that. What is this push-up challenge about? I don't know. It's, it's Someone started it. And I saw some people complaining about it, but I'm like, you know, people could be doing a whole bunch of other things, but, you know, they're, they're challenging each other to exercise indoors. I don't see anything wrong with it. Here's what I think. People are going to come out of this period either in the best shape of their lives or like 40 pounds heavier. There's no in between. No middle ground. No middle ground. You better do those home workouts because being sedentary. Like think about how much more walking you do on a regular basis or just activity in a normal time. I'm in Manhattan every day almost, like walking at least a couple of miles and now just home. It's mad people sitting on their couch watching Netflix, eating stovers. Eating quarantine snacks. So you better get on those push-ups for real and, and whatever else, sit-ups and all of that. I'm talking to myself, too. Yeah, like, because it could get real very quick. Shout out to people who have exercise equipment at home because I'm a bit envious at this point. Go out for a run, man. Put a little mask on. Some Don't touch anything. Get the knife, the knife blade in. <laughs> Go for a run. You'd be fine. Man, I got this banged up knee. You know, running and running and I don't quite get along. You know, you know, schedule for you. I feel it. Yeah, I got that uh that bad knee. But it might it might come to that, man, just to get the blood flowing and burning all these calories that I'm eating. It's like holiday time around here. It's just cheese, all that great stuff. <laughs> She over here eating cheese and lunch meat. No bread. Oh, no. It's not going that far. It's not gotten that bad. Uh, No lunch meat over here. I did have tuna salad yesterday, though. It is kind of like wartime food, which really didn't even make any sense. Like, you can still make real meals. Like, we're allowed to go to the grocery store. But everyone I talked to was like, yeah, I had beans today. Like, we're all functioning as if there's going to be a food shortage. Everybody prepping for, like, the book of Eli. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, remember that movie with yes. this? Uh, everybody's prepping. Just ra- it's either the, the conversations I've had, it's either people are just eating whatever, anything. <laughs> and other people are like, now nah, I got my set meal for the day. <laughs> Ration. I done did. I got the spreadsheet. going to last me 60 days. And I don't know who's right, because... You know, it could just be one of those things where Amazon and Walmart doesn't fail. The supply chains and get broke, broken up. We'll always have food. Or it could come to the point where, like, we wrestling on the streets for cancer tuna. <laughs> Bartering. I have some stuff to barter. So I got this toilet paper. So I think I'm good. I got some other stuff. But I keep, like, shelf-stable foods. And that's just the Black woman in me. Like... That's how we grew up. You always have beans. You always have rice. Like things that if everything goes bad, you can eat. Like, you know, so so for me, I would survive. I would survive for a few months. It may not be the food that I want. Oh, but you'll be able to. But I'll be okay. Like, I don't, I didn't need to go to the grocery store for like lentils or lima beans. Like that stuff is just always here just in case. Man, I was in Walmart. They bought all the meat and there was, there was no meat. But it was all the seasoning. (laughs) Well, you know who bought it then. (laughs) Oh, man. Even though we keep our seasoning stocked, quite frankly. So maybe we already had it, but that's 
That's questionable. I was like, man, and ironically, the only thing that was still left over was like pork. Mm-hmm. It was like no chicken, no beef. It was all the pork you wanted. And I went to two different Walmarts. It was crazy. Yeah, but like I'm also a bit confused by the whole instructional videos on how to wash your hands. I'm like, what were y'all doing before this? That little knife edge chop under the water. <laughs> this, yeah, this real I'm like, I've always yeah, washed yeah. my hands like a surgeon. So like, why do people need a video to know to do that? I, I just, I don't understand. A lot of people is living alternative lifestyles. Like, and what I mean by that is not washing their hands and not pro- practicing proper hygiene. That's true. I mean, I just grew, I, we grew up in a culture where... And I know our our primary demographic will feel me on this. We wash our hands. We don't sit on our beds with street clothes on. Like that's just how we live normally. So I don't I don't like obviously now I'm wiping down surfaces even more. I am washing my hands even more. But I don't need someone to tell me how to wash my hands. I I don't need directions for that. You know, before this happened, I was kind of looking at anybody crazy whose hands wasn't a little bit ashy. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to be washing your hands every five seconds. Yeah. Like your hands are a little bit too moisturized, player. And I don't see you with anything else <laughs> on. You came out the house with no jacket. Where's the lotion at? Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, but I'm hoping that people are taking heed so that we can get back to normal life or something close to. I don't think life will ever be the same again, but get, get some semblance of normalcy back um, as quickly as possible. But the other thing that I, I wanted to talk about is... Um, utilizing this time appropriately. And like we we talked about it in terms of what we're working on. But one of the things that I've seen as like a running theme on the internet is this idea that, you know, this is a time to be highly productive and how to chop your day up and all these things and how to be at level 10 while you're at home. And I, I agree that this is a great time to get clarity and um, be really productive and work on a lot of projects, but also most of the people that I know and the people who really listen to this show are, are on 10 all the time. So I think we need to like dispel this myth that because we are stuck home, that you have to be at level 10 and giving 100 percent all the time. I think this is a great time to slow it down a bit and engage in some rest and taking the opportunity to recharge. Find a pace that works for you. Right. Right. It's a marathon. And I think the problem is, is when you're on 10 all the time, oftentimes, um, you could just be burnt out. Right. You get to a point where you, you know, your your body kind of shuts down. It's like, I don't want to do anything else. And um, you can slide back and regress and lose some of the progress you made. So during this time, recharge, take a break and figure out a pace that works for you and say, hey, I'm going to, you know, wake up early in the morning. I'm going to work till 10 o'clock and I'm going to chill until five and pick it up again in the mm-hmm. afternoon and in the evening. But just find something that works for you versus, you know, you have to beyond it. It's just not realistic. Right. And one of the things that was distributed to to me and my colleagues um, was about like you take when you work outside of the home, you take 30 minutes or 20 minutes or an hour, whatever it is to commute. Take the same time at home to do something else like chill out, you know, get your mind ready for work, make breakfast, do a little bit of working out something as well as opposed to just getting up, sitting in front of the computer or turning on CNN and watching that and ingesting that negativity all day. Um, I think that's important. And this is we literally can't do anything. So and I know it's it's hard to not worry um, because, again, the economics of it it's going to going to affect a lot of people either directly or indirectly. Um, but at the same time, one of my, my favorite quotes is from our great, great, uh, the late, great Uncle Willie C., my great uncle. The two things you shouldn't worry about, the things you 
can do something about and things you can't do anything about. And I really try to live by that. It's like sounds really, really simple. But um, at the same time, that's really the state that we're in right now. There's just so many things that we can't do anything about. Right. So rest, like, you know, take the rest while you can, because at some point we're going to be back in the rat race. <laughs> Every day. So I think you got to balance that dream manifestation and, and plotting and planning, which we're all doing or we should be and creating with also giving your mind and your body and your spirit spirit a chance to sort of just sit down somewhere. Sat down. Sat down. As Nana would say. Take it, you know, take it all in. So um, that is what I'm, I'm trying to do as well. And I've talked to several people who've been like, I'm just so tired. I don't know why I'm so tired. Because you're tired. Like, what I'm do you tired. mean you don't know why? Like, this is the first time you've probably been able to sit still. Like, granted, a lot of us are off around the holidays, but you're out socializing and, you know. You have to be here. You have to go. Exactly. To you know, got to go to church, got to take kids to practice, take them to a game, recital, a club. You don't have to do any of that. Just sit still. There's literally nothing to do right now, but just be home and do your job from home if you can. Uh, but this is the chance, man. This is the chance to really, really unplug, read a book, do whatever. It's all kind of lectures. It's free courses. Mm -hmm. You can paint, you can be creative. You can do whatever you want. Reconnect with family members, friends, all of that. Right. For sure. Um, so that that's my plan. Like, I feel like I've found a good rhythm in the last uh, couple of weeks. And now um, I plan to kind of building that creative time and the time to brainstorm and think about content, um, but also to just really rest and, and let, let myself chill. And some things are going to have to work themselves out <laughs> depending on uh, when we come out of this. So, um, and I, I'm, I'm very confident. I'm, I'm excited almost to see what genius really comes out of this. I mean, D-Nice had 140,000 people partying. So what a time to be alive. Pajamas. I'm going to tell my grandchildren about this. And they're like, what, did, what were you doing during the coronavirus? Partying with D-Nice? Partying with D-Nice. Over the wild. internet. Everyone was there. Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> was there. Spike Lee. Michelle Obama. Crazy. It was crazy. Everybody was at the virtual club. It was great. And it's still going on uh, as we speak tonight. So, um, so yeah. Anything else you wanted to cover off on? It's a quick episode if we, if we stop here. That's quick. It could be quick. You know, people got other things to do. Get out there. This is how you know we've just been home because it's just less to talk about. I mean, we could get into like tips and tricks and all that stuff. But I mean, I think we just wanted to check in with you and say, hey, this is shorter than our normal format um, as well. But also, again, we are not on this train of here's 17 things you should be doing right now. Um, I think that the priority is to figure out in a perfect world when you come out of this, what are some areas that you want to be better in um, and performing at an optimal level? Focus on that. Do the research. It's a great time to gain knowledge, as Demarcus mentioned. We're about to give you some minutes back as well. Um, and catch up on the show if you haven't, because there are ton tons of episodes out there as well. So you can always binge listen as well. But like we're going to come up with some things to um, discuss and go further on. But we just wanted to check in, say, hey, we're hanging in there. We're going to keep rocking. We're not shutting down completely. But as with every other <laughs> uh, media outlet out there, we're dealing with unique circumstances and we're going to have to figure out how to navigate that. So we're working on it, but we're not going dark. That's definitely not happening. Never, never, ever, ever. Any parting words you want to leave with the people? Parting words, man. Wash your hands. <laughs> Don't go out. You know, stay home if you can. Practice social distancing because I've seen some of y'all online basically having parties in your house. That's not good. Just, just be easy, man. As my grandmother would say, sat down somewhere. And for the record, we're strong people. We've come through difficulty before. It's all 
going to be okay. At the end of the day, it's going to be fine. It may not be fine tomorrow, but it's going to be okay. We're going to come through this and we're going to be better for it on the other side, even though a lot of this isn't even our fault because of the administration that we're under. But that's a different conversation for a different day. Delisha's so trying to get audited. You're right. Let me just shut up. But anyway, <laughs> let me just be quiet. Alpha bit boy. Yeah, let's, let's take it back like to 03. We want to see pay stubs and records from 03. Let me just shut up. Um, but yeah, we are going to be okay. We're all in this together. If you have things you want to hear us talk about while we're on quarantine and maybe doing more duo episodes than we're used to doing, um, hit us up on the December 26th or Instagram. You can DM us there. You can also send us an email at info at December 26th.com. We want to hear from you. We've never had this much time to interact with our audience. So if you got ideas about what we can be doing during this time, we welcome them. Um, we're going to figure this out together in the interim. Like I said, go back to the old episodes. If you haven't like share, subscribe, tell somebody about the show. Everybody is home right now. Perfect time to listen. Parting words before I sign off. Any peace. Wash your hands one last time. Stay home. Please, please, y'all. Wash your hands. Stay home. Wash your hands. <laughs> and remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Thank you for listening to the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Thovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26er. That's December 26ER.